0: Welcome to the President's Podcast, the latest in the Difference Makers series from Chartered Accountants Worldwide. We will be addressing trends and reflections from the World Congress of Accountants and seeing how the profession can play an instrumental role to enable sustainable economies for the future. In every episode, we'll feature a president from one of our member institutes to give their unique insights into the important role the accountancy profession plays as a protector of public interest. Today, I'm joined by Pat O'Neill, President of Chartered Accountants Ireland. Welcome, Pat. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Sancho, for having me. How did you become a chartered accountant and eventually president of your institute?
1: Oh, well, uh, a long journey. Uh, the journey started in our second level education system, and I do think that the education system is really important uh, in terms of setting people on their journey. I really enjoyed business subjects, uh, including general business studies and also accounting. Although the accounting syllabus is outdated now and requires a significant overhaul, um, we are, and we are working together with our Department of Education here in Ireland to try and shape that. Uh, And actually, I met the Department of Education uh, as recently as this week in terms of looking at that syllabus. But back in the day when I was coming through the system, it did provide a good grounding at that time uh, to the work accounts we're doing then. I subsequently took a primary degree in business studies at the University of Limerick on the west coast of Ireland, majoring in accounting and finance. That was a really excellent four year course uh, with two six month work placements. Uh, which was really invaluable. So it gave me a great insight as to what it was actually like to work as an accountant in real life before I qualified. I, I do think that practical experience should be part of all undergraduate studies internationally. Uh, I, I then embarked on my qualification route as a chartered Accountant with Ernst & Winnie at the time, which became Ernst and & Young and now EY here in Dublin. I got some great experience working with some great Irish and international companies. And when I qualified, I went to work for EY in Dubai for two years. And again, great to work with people and businesses in a different environment and culture. Uh, I was exposed to U.S. accounting when I was there and also helped prepare some uh, nationals from the UAE for the AICPA exams in the U.S. So when I came back to Dublin, I was really fortunate to be able to utilize that U.S. experience as many Irish tech companies were listing on NASDAQ in the late 1990s. So I got to travel over to the U.S. West Coast quite a bit. And it was really exciting uh, to help those companies to go public and raise capital in the US markets and help them through the rigors of quarterly US public company reporting. Uh, Around the time, one of the partners in the firm, who'd been my training principal, uh, encouraged me to run for election for our provincial chartered society committee. That was way back in 1998. And I became the chairman of that society in 2002. That was really exciting. At the age of 32, presenting some big events for our members. Uh, I remember the Published Accounts Awards where we got all the public and private companies to submit their accounts and uh, they were judged and awarded for excellence in various reporting areas. Uh, Welcoming our then Minister for Finance to a member's lunch or hosting a 1,000 people at our Christmas lunch. So when my firm asked me to contribute once again to the profession uh, in 2014, actually, by running for election to the Irish Council of Chartered Accountants, I was very happy to be in a position to do that, and the firm have been really supportive uh, since that. Uh, there's quite a bit of committee work uh, for members along the way. Uh, I served on our Education Lifelong Learning Committee, Ethics and Government, then chaired our Audit Risk and Finance Committee over the years before putting myself forward for the present role. But I, I do find it really rewarding to be able to work on behalf of our members, whether that's been through promoting new advances in what we teach and how we teach those on the qualification route. I was a, a big proponent of introducing data and analytics and financial services into our syllabus here or working with advocacy and voice to promote the f- profession, including being very vocal during my own term about reform of the syllabus for accounting in our second level system here.
0: Sounds like you've had a really impressive and very interesting career with um, a huge range of uh, roles and and also travel. So turning now um, to the World Congress of Accountants that was held um, in Mumbai last year, uh, which of the eight key themes really resonated most with you and why? I guess from
1: the very start of the uh, Congress I mean we had a really uh, great panel discussion uh, around uh, the the role of the accounting profession in sustainability. Uh, I think it was one of the many things that resonated w- with me but uh, you know there was a great panel discussion uh, at the start uh, I I personally w- would have to kind of say that that our uh, EYME and managing partner, Julie Tiegland spoke in that panel uh, on the importance of trust for the accounting profession. And, and that was a common theme actually throughout the, the Congress. And maybe we will be able to return to that during the course of our conversation. But the need for sustainability to be based on that trust, the foundation of ethical behavior uh, and the importance for the future of the profession of inspiring young, young people who enter the profession, investing in skills and technology. Uh, so, so I think sustainability reporting, you know, was one of those themes during that panel discussion um, that that really encapsulated some of the really key things that are imp- impacting our profession at the moment. But sustainability reporting, as we all know, is the single biggest change to the work of accountants since probably f- the formalisation of accounting standards back in the day. That the train of sustainability reporting has left the station, and in eighteen months we're going to be entering into. The first reporting season, certainly here in Europe for sustainability. Really important for, uh, many accountants in the professions in, 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 in the finance functions of, uh, some of our larger companies and also some of the smaller companies because they're in the value chain for some of the larger companies who have to report uh, on some of these metrics and that they, you know, the larger companies are going to be reaching out to these SMEs to look for information. So it goes right across the piece. In the profession, for those helping companies to either prepare that information or or provide assurance on it, and for those working in the investing arena and the public sector, you know they're going to have to be helping stakeholders to make decisions based on this newly published information. And this is, you know, all at a time, Anja, when we are already seeing capacity constraints in accounting globally. So it's a big challenge, uh, and you know, uh, it's it's front and center right now.
0: So if you think about um capacity and and so on you know what do you believe are the key challenges and the opportunities that are facing the profession or the profession rather um and how can they be taken forward do you think it is about making the profession more attractive do you think um it is about highlighting and emphasizing you know the role of the chartered accountant as a trusted professional as the nexus of an organization
1: yeah w- when i when i took on the role of president ancha uh, that that attractiveness the ability to attract and retain uh, talent uh, in the profession uh, was clearly what i was hearing from you know our members uh, in in profession and in business so um, you know going out to meet uh, people in the firms people in industry uh, and the supply demand uh, dynamic there just uh, to be able to fulfill that capacity constraint uh, and have enough people uh, in the profession and and, you know enough good people i think uh, is really important Uh, it it is a challenge for us at the moment i i do reflect on the congress Uh, the indian house speaker quite rightly talked about how the accounting industry must be supported by the education system uh, and so, I do believe that the education system has a really, really important part to play. I talked earlier about my my own endeavours with the second level uh, syllabus here in Ireland. Uh, it's outdated. Uh, it's been around since the 1990s, so we're actually technically teaching some stuff that's out of date at the moment. Uh, but also, the syllabus doesn't really uh, give the young person who's thinking about entering the profession the right sense of what a modern accountant actually does um, in terms of the the role they play and the decision-making, their involvement now in areas like sustainability, in areas like data analytics. Uh, So it's it's a really exciting, dynamic profession. uh, And to be able to present that picture to those young people when they're right in the middle of making their career decisions is so important, you know the parents are are as much as important in that uh, decision in in many ways as as the as the individual students. So it's really important that we have uh, an education syllabus globally um, that that does promote uh, the the thrust of what an accountant does, and that you know just coming back, you, you mentioned uh, the whole trust people. I and I, I again I was struck by Julie Teagland's call to inspire our young people entering the profession. Um, you know, uh, we we need to invest in skills and technology, and she highlighted that. Uh, that that's future proofing the profession in some ways, but also making the profession more attractive to our young people, people who are already so literate in skills and technologies that we more established accountants are, are grappling with, uh, if I'm honest.
0: Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, if we think about um, the future of uh, the profession, You know, there's a lot of chatter about um, the fact that chartered accountancy is losing out to um, technology uh, sectors and so on. And I think perhaps um, there's not enough emphasis put on the fact that the chartered accountancy qualification makes you almost a citizen of the world, doesn't it? And it allows you to move into pretty much any sector you choose, you know, there are many uh, chartered accountants that are um, CFOs of, um, you know, Premier League football clubs, or of fashion houses, or of, you know, technology companies, and I think there might be a disconnect in the brains of some of the younger people when they hear the term chartered accountant um, and what they think that that means and what the reality could be. So what do you or how do you see the future of the profession and how do you think that we can make the profession more attractive to Gen Z?
1: Yes, I think you're absolutely right, Anja. Uh, That role modelling piece is really important. Uh, And, you know, when people come through the profession, the training contract, you know, more than 80% of them leave the profession uh, in the strictest sense of the word uh, word, and, and go on to other uh, varied careers. And so that, that role modeling piece is, is really important. Even in Ireland, and I take it as a great example, we have, we have five members in our kind of, um, in our, in our government bodies, including four of those being ministers who are members of Chartered Accountants Ireland. Uh, so, uh, clearly influential in, in the, in the day to day operation of the country, of the economy. Uh, and, and so really important that, uh, they're held out as role models. Uh, people working. I've I've got one of my own ex colleagues who's the uh, who's running a soccer team in or a football team in in Colorado. Uh, so you know, great that a member of Chartered Accountants Ireland can take that qualification and go out and do something really different with it. Uh, but all with the basic skill sets that. They, they left the, the training contract with, which was the ability to understand finance, the ability to use that information to make decisions that are going to make uh, their businesses successful. So I think that's a, that's a really important part. I, I just want to return to the trust piece. And again, it was, it was really a central piece of uh, the, the Congress uh, in many ways, but uh, by, and referenced by many speakers. And it really is another key part of the future of the profession. Uh, We we need to maintain and build the trust that's out there already. I've always felt that there's a three-legged stool, the accounting profession, those charged with governance at at board and at C-suite level, and the regulators. The audit profession has perhaps not unsurprisingly been the focus of, of reforms to date. And of course, governments have been cautious about turning their focus to businesses who have been struggling in the recent past with the pandemic, with the global energy and cost challenges in terms of burdening them right now with more regulation. But it's an important part of the dynamic uh, that each of those three parties uh, have an equal uh, say at the table of trust in the functioning of capital markets. And one of the speakers at the Congress talked about the role of, of the accountant in that trust equation and, and I was particularly struck by it and, and remembered it. Um, he said that we're there to resolve the asymmetry of information that exists between those who who want to raise money from the bond or equity markets or even bank financing and those who are who are providing that finance. So, you know, in his words, we're such a vital cog in the proper functioning of capital markets, businesses and the entire economy. And I think, you know, you that that circles back then to the attractiveness of the profession in helping, you know, those who are thinking about a career choice to say you have a really important part to play here uh, in in business and in the entire economy, um, and so what what an attractive opportunity that is for a career choice.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree with you, um, and actually, what's really interesting is is that World Congress, of course. Uh, brings accountants together from all corners of the world. And it really is an opportunity for individuals, I suppose, to feel part of something bigger. Um, What do you think are the benefits of being part of a global professional family like Chartered Accountants Worldwide, for example, and also being able to attend um, an event like World Congress? I, th-
1: I think the Congress Chartered Accountants Worldwide, uh, the, the broader family, the community of accountants, they're all intertwined. Uh, Chartered Accountants Worldwide provides, I think, a tremendous opportunity to collaborate across international boundaries with some of the challenges facing the profession. And as I said recently in my annual address to our own members, you know, something like the capacity issues in the profession are are global. They might be more acute in some areas of, of the globe, but they're they're a common theme. And so, as I attended the IFAC conference just in advance uh, of uh, WACOA, also in Mumbai, Uh, you know, that was front and centre, possibly for the first time at the very top of the agenda is is that challenge of capacity and attractiveness of the profession. Uh, So so to be able to meet uh, fellow professionals from other jurisdictions, to talk about, you know, not just the challenges, but in a really positive way to be able to discuss some of the things that other uh, members of other institute bodies um, have been doing to address some of those challenges uh, is is really good just in, in terms of that knowledge sharing uh, and and grappling with those uh, with those challenges so you really get to see that when you attend the conf- the, the, the congress it gives you the a great ability to network with your peers uh, you know uh, and to build out relationships which would stand you good stead in terms of picking up the phone to talk about these challenges as we go forward.
0: Now, that's fantastic. Um, Pat, um, do you have any other reflections from uh, Wachoe you'd like to share?
1: I thought the Institute uh, of Chartered Accountants in India did such a fantastic job hosting the conference. What a challenge with so many people from so many nations. Uh, The warmth of their representatives and delegates brought me back to my own time working with Indian colleagues for two years in Dubai. So just really a big thank you on behalf of Chartered Accountants Ireland and, and all of our members who I represent for the insights, the knowledge sharing benefits from from my time at the, at the Congress.
0: Amazing, Pat. Now, before I um, let you go, um, I'd like to um, take you a little off piste, if I may, um, and ask you quite randomly, what was the first record you ever bought? And was there a story behind that purchase?
1: Oh, my first record that I ever bought was pro- uh, in terms of the old kind of 45 single was probably Save Me by Queen. Uh, and I'm, I'm not sure there was a particular story behind, behind it. Uh, I hope it wasn't, uh, you know, a portent for Save Me from the Accounting, uh, Profession Career. <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, clearly, uh, you know, uh, Queen were a fantastic rock band at the time. Uh, uh so many, so many fantastic hits. Uh, and that was my first uh, del- delving into a uh, taste of their music.
0: Pat, listen, thank you so much for your time. It's been absolutely delightful talking to you, um, and 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 many thanks. Um, and don't forget, you can listen to the rest of the series either on the Chartered Accountants Worldwide website or wherever you choose to listen to your podcasts. Thank you. Bye bye. <music>